Welcome to the 11th episode of Thinking Out Loud podcast. Your hosts for today are Samarth and Samya. In today's episode, we have with us Shreya Kapoor. Shreya is a well-known Instagram influencer in the domain of finance with over 600,000 followers. Shreya worked in Bain and Company as a consultant for over 2 years before starting her freelancing journey. In today's episode we are going to speak to Shreya about her time at Bain and Consulting, about content creation, about freelancing and on software topics like mental health, how to have a hobby in adult life and everything around these different trends. With that, let's dive in to the 11th episode of Thinking Out Loud podcast to know more about Shreya's story. Ishaya hey thank you so much for joining us today on the Thinking Out Loud podcast Samya and I are super stoked to have you here and we are waiting for an amazing conversation to unfold thank you so much for being here likewise thank you so much for inviting me awesome so uh share like just to you know start off with right you you have one of those very stellar profiles that any student could imagine right like starting from sscbs interning with deloitte then working at bain right so just wanted to give you a two fold question firstly like were you always a diligent child like you know acing education acing acing studies getting all those you know silver linings on your profile and um, secondly like again was there any external stimulus for you to do this or how did this happen like you know a little insight on your journey pre content creation and pre freelancing oh definitely so i was always uh, like a good student i wouldn't say that i was like oh like topping my class always there were certain subjects that i was like always good at so say for example languages was something that i just naturally thrived at and then like probably sciences were not my strong suit uh, all throughout uh, college as all throughout school which is also the reason why i chose commerce over uh, science when i was in my like plus 2 uh having said that it was not an easy transition from school to college in the sense that uh in my class 12th i didn't score very well on my board exams which came as a surprise to like me my family and my teachers uh i got about 91% but if you're a delhi university student and if you're trying to get in du you know that 91% like literally lands you nowhere especially in courses like bcom honors and economic honors which was the courses that i was eyeing at the time or even bms or bba uh in certain colleges like cbs where i ended up but i was just fortunate enough that cbs had an entrance exam which they gave more weightage to uh, rather than just you know your board up percentage that entrance exam is where i really thrived so i got an iir rank of like 50 51 i don't exactly remember but yeah uh, so when i got that rank that's when i realized that oh i can probably get into a good du college because before that it was like very very chaotic very honestly uh, which is also why i tried through like extra curricular quota in a lot of delhi university colleges including lsr hansraj uh venki and i got through like a couple of rounds but that's when like i got my cbs entrance results so i was very very stoked for that so that was pretty much my journey uh from school to college and as far as the external stimulus is concerned i think it's just been like the environment in like at home because both my parents are delhi university uh, students so my dad is from kirodiwala and my mom is from lsr so uh, that i feel like sort of pushed me to really get into good colleges because my parents are from such such good colleges of uh, delhi university 
uh, and they spoken really highly of it like how certain colleges like sort of shaped their life my mom specifically always says that lsr is the reason why she is who she is today in in a very big way also my mom is a teacher and my dad's like a chartered accountant so there was always uh, i think a certain weightage given to like the importance of education all throughout so i think that probably sort of pushed me and my younger sibling in the direction of okay we have to go into get into good decent colleges uh, just so to uh, continue forward yeah so um shreya uh, Shre, just a follow up question to that right and i think this is a question that samya can i probably ask most of our guests right so again coincidentally majority of the people who come on the podcast are from very distinguished colleges like majority of them right so right. the common question that we ask is did the circle right that you get at cbs and again you already spoke of the family background that you have right did yeah. it in some sense directly impact who you are today or the career decisions or the life choices that you made because again i mean honestly cbs is a great uh, school to be a part of right but was the curriculum of more impact or was it the network that you built from there that you know drive, drove you forward if i may say so right uh, i think that's a very good question because i think people out of the opinion that uh, like college mein to padhai nahi hoti types and you know like college is really the place where you have fun but i am of the opinion that even the courses that i took at cps were very very helpful uh, our course was very pragmatic for which i'm very for your management so these subjects are so i would say that even the course that i took at cbs was extremely extremely helpful uh, and could be used in the real world like majority of the courses that i took at cbs uh, could be applied to like real world scenarios that being said i think the network there was definitely of much more worth uh, because number one they pushed you within the campus to really do better like i never felt like i was the smartest person in my classroom ever like there was never one subject where i felt that okay like i know more than anybody in the class so i think that's an excellent place to be at uh, no matter what also the extracurriculars uh, scene in delhi university in general is incredible like there are so many societies to choose from uh, so i particularly chose like the debating society and the consulting society from the very beginning and both of those societies were very very helpful in like trying to shape up to who i am today 100% like i picked up certain skills as from both of those societies uh, all throughout three years and uh, apart from that i've also leveraged the cbs network now because when i started freelancing i got back to a lot of people who are ex cbs and are now startup founders and i asked them that oh like i also am from cbs or just delhi university tag in general and i'd like to get on a call with you and like tell you how i can help you with your startup and stuff like that so that really helped me like leveraging that network helped me get a lot of work as a freelancer also so i think for those reasons i feel cbs like was very very defining moment in my life 100% so so basically just to you know double click on what you said so we had a conversation with pratham mittal who is the founder of masters union right so right. he was also saying that you know when it comes to colleges especially the top b schools in the country or over the world 
it it's more on the network you build because the curriculum across is the same right it's not okay. that they're going to teach you something uh, rocket science and that's different from others but it it depends on how you build your network and most of the startup founders are college mates either in the graduation or their masters right so yeah. that really helps to build that network and plus the like masters union has a very different way of teaching folks right they do put them into practicals from day one there is hardly any right. theoretical stuff because they get industry experts who have worked in the domain not the professors who have been teaching in the domain right so that that actually helps a lot so uh, moving on to the point which you mentioned about the consulting uh, you know clubs that you were a part of so did that trigger uh, you know you wanting to work for something like bain um so i think what really triggered my passion to work towards bain was for more, more than anything else very honestly because uh, bain was the first company on campus across delhi university like for most top du colleges bain was the first company on campus so right from the first day i remember because the day we entered campus like first day of our first year was when the placements for third years was starting out so and i remember there was this chaos around oh bains coming on campus bains coming on campus and that's i think that triggered it more than anything else because i remember my classmates saying that oh like if you get into bain your life sorted because bain only pick like 5 to 10 kids at a time i don't know how many kids they're picking up these days i think the numbers gone up uh, tremendously but at the time they only picked up like 10 kids on campus so if you got through bain it was like a huge deal uh, so i think that triggered it more than anything else and i feel that uh, i actually had a little bit of startup experience back in school so i started my own startup like in 11th uh it was actually just like for a challenge but it grew up to be a lot bigger than that so it started out as a competition for like the british council like they wanted us to start uh, a a startup which sort of picked up on the three p's which is like planet people and profit and we started something around recycling material and how to use that as a gifting solution in school so me and like another person from my class back in 11th started out that startup but it actually started making profit not just on paper but like in reality so i think that that stemmed my uh, love for startups in general because i really loved that experience of like hands on learning because we actually started with an idea and like started making like decent profit from it just as like school students so i think that fueled my love for startups and uh, that business ecosystem in general and i think that's why i was really attracted to consulting because i felt that that's where i can work with like some of the biggest businesses there are so i think that stemmed uh like uh, my love for like consulting right. and business and right. yeah fomo and i think uh the experience of having a business of your own back in 11th i think both of those combined really wanted like that's why i really wanted to get into bain from like day one so what happened to that startup which you were working on there oh yeah so it's actually still functioning so we uh, like on the last day of school like we set up a society for that startup which means that people from 11th and 12th can now apply to be in that society and then can run it and still make profit from it so it's so from the school that i am it's still a very active functioning society there so that's pretty cool oh wow can you elaborate a bit on your bain experience because you know when it comes to working for consultancy firms like mckinsey bain bcg you know babu's allen and stuff it right. it generally people you know uh, have that uh, you know kind of concept that it's long hours lot of hard work you know putting it lot of efforts it's not 9 to 5 at all 
so how was your experience with bain because obviously the exposure is insane uh, honestly <laughs> but obviously is it at a cost of you know not having that work life balance also um if you're not disciplined then yes i mean you all the stereotypes are true number one so like there are long hours there is like a lot of pressure 100% but if you do not prioritize your health you will suffer like 100% so you need to sort of put down your priority list in order like what do you prioritize apart from work like I, you, you need to have a life outside of work otherwise i'll engulf all of it 100% i think we were very lucky at bain that we didn't have to work on the weekends like i didn't work any weekend on my like in my two years there so that out of the way they really really valued your work life balance that way that they never called you on a weekend like no matter how urgent the case was but have i had like days where i was working up till like 1 to 2 am at night 100% i've had those days in for, for weeks at stretch sometimes but they did value the fact that okay if there was a long exhausting case that you worked on very recently they'd give you like a day off you, like usually a friday so that you you have a long weekend break right so that way they try to also help you out a little way a little in a, in like some ways try to help you have a better work life balance but that being said that if you're not disciplined so say for example if you do not prioritize your own health over work then yes you will suffer 100% like i've seen my friends who just you know like were working 9 to like i don't know however long and like they didn't exercise they didn't do anything apart from work but like i think 6 months into that cycle i realized that i had to do something because i felt like i was not working out like my mental health was at an all time low i took all i was doing was work and on sundays and like on the weekends when i was coming back so i actually took up a place near my office because the commute was like 2 to 2 and a half hours which was impossible one way uh, even with the metro like it was not very sustainable so 6 months into the system i actually decided to take up an apartment near the office so i had to commute from delhi gurgaon on the weekends and uh yeah when i used to come back home i used to just sleep like honestly that's all i did like probably talk to my family a little bit because for the entire week i was out but that was about it like i didn't really do anything apart from that but like 6 months into that system i realized that okay i need to break the system and probably do something else also apart from just work so that's when i like enrolled for the nearby gym uh in my office so if even if i got free at like 8 pm I made sure that from like eight thirty to nine thirty, I'm attending like a cult class, which was right across uh, the Bain office. Or if not that, then I'm attending like a seven to eight a.m. class or something. Also, we were really fortunate that our office had a gym. So if nothing else, I realized that okay, even if it's for twenty minutes, I'll just go to the office gym, and yeah, that's about it. So I think that way you need to prioritize things uh, outside of work. Otherwise. it's very easy to sort of get lost in the system because it does take a lot out of you both mentally and physically so i think having hobbies outside of work having a friend circle outside of work is very important because if you only have friends within office then that's all you end up talking about and you all have very similar problems so uh because on the weekends i was coming back home i was talking to other people apart from just like you know that ecosystem that made me realize that i don't have any hobbies anymore like as an adult it's so important to have hobbies also i've realized which is not just you know reading book books or not being just productive so that's when i picked up things like you know painting and stuff like uh, my friends 100% helped me along the way because they were doing those things so yeah i think like to sum it up 
consulting takes a lot of lot out of you 100% but it also gives you a lot in return right like you get to work with some of the best people in the industry probably um again i never felt like the smartest person in any meeting room that i was in so that says a lot about the place in general and they hired from some of the best colleges across india so that definitely fueled uh, the fact that everybody was so passionate about what they were doing there uh and you learn a lot of softer skills also from people around you it's not just you know like oh you learn about industries and consulting and frameworks but also the fact that you know like how they communicate in a very crisis situation like that's what i learned from like some of my managers that okay if something went terribly wrong in a case how do they communicate that to the team so that's something that i picked up from like, like a lot of my managers so softer skills also is something that you develop in those scenarios uh that being said it's important to have a life of your own outside of just work and not make work your entire life so yeah like pick up a hobby that you do over the weekends don't just sleep your entire weekend because otherwise you will just dread like a sunday night and a monday morning that you have to go to office again uh so yeah have a life outside of work and prioritize your mental and uh, physical health like health over anything else and you need to take time out for those things yeah. so yeah so physical health is something which is you know very common because it's like visible right you are physically fit and stuff but right. you clicked on mental health also right so right. Uh, how did you kind of manage your you know sanity in tough times or maybe during those long hours one of thing things you said was you know having a hobby meeting right. people outside of work so that obviously triggers some kind of uh, a sense of you know achievement that you know you're doing something other than work right Correct. but apart from that if if someone so swamped with work right it's not a 9 to 5 it's maybe 9 to 9 or 9 to 12 then yeah. then how do you keep your sanity in check um sleep i think is very important it's underrated as a medicine um i think i'll tell you something that a lot of people and like friends around me were experiencing so you get free at say 10 pm you have your dinner uh and then you go back home and then you realize that oh i've done absolutely nothing for myself and it hits you all of a sudden at like 11 pm midnight and that's when you start like a netflix show and then you watch like four five episodes of it it's like a marathon it's like a revenge thing like what did i do for myself the entire day absolutely nothing so you start watching a show i think this is this is actually a term for it i'm actually completely forgetting but yeah this is a very real phenomenon with like a lot of office workers um so rather than doing that to yourself just go to sleep and like wake up at a reasonable hour because the problem is uh when you sleep at say 2 3 am and you have to wake up at say 8:30 by max like if to get to the office at 9 uh like you didn't really get a good night sleep right and then you have to do such like heavy intensive work which is very data driven so it takes a lot out of you in general like you're not your best throughout the day and it's not like within the day you'll get like a lot of breaks to sort of rejuvenate or anything most people have like working lunches also like when you're in consulting and if a case is very heavy so it's not like you'll get time to sort of rejuvenate yourself within the day so i think sleep is an underrated medicine in like generally in my generation i feel people sort of haven't realized the value of it but i uh, like very quickly don't realize that okay i i need to probably sleep rather than watch like a netflix show or like some youtube video for like another hour or two and just you know just waste those hours because if you sleep on time you can wake up on time then probably go to the gym on time so all of those things are sort of interlinked but apart from that like these things help you on the surface of it but if there's a deeper reason why 
you know you are facing issues mentally i would say take help like you know professional help and that's something that i personally did not at bain but when i started freelancing i very quickly realized that like it was not fulfilling me and like that really triggered me because i was like oh like i left my job to do something that i love doing but i'm not really loving it but i was fortunate that like my elder sister like my cousin elder sister is actually like a phd psychology so and i was just talking to her casually she said that why don't you like just take a couple of sessions like not from her because she's family but like some other you know just take professional help because it sounds like you've burnt out like that's why you're not deriving joy from anything so and it turned out that it was it was true like i just went from consulting which was again very time intensive to freelancing which it was even more intensive <laughs> so now i was working even harder which i didn't realize was possible but i'm sure you resonate with the fact that if it's your own work you work even harder right like there are there are no 9 to 5 then it's just 24/7 you're working there are no weekends or anything so i i very quickly realized that i have put myself in a situation where i need to work even harder <laughs> and there is no break inside so uh yeah like when i took professional help was when i realized that i it was actually a burnout and in the sense that no matter what i was doing i would never really be happy doing it because like i'm not okay mentally and like everything stems from there right so i worked i took professional help and i think one absolutely should even if you feel like you're all hale and hearty i think going to uh, a therapist is not going to help anybody so take a couple of sessions um figure that out it really helps you prioritize what things are important in your life in general um so yeah i think just probably take care of yourself health have hobbies have friends talk to people outside of a zoom meeting that's very very important have because as humans are social beings right it's very important to meet people in social settings uh even if you're inviting people home even if you don't want to step out of the house right even if you don't want to spend money on like a fancy lunch all of that is fine uh what me and my friends did was was we used to meet at somebody's house over the weekend and like for 3 hours just paint in silence not even like talk just just paint in silence right we didn't really spend money or like going out eating out or anything we just order in or maybe just make maggi at home right like there's nothing better so it's not like you have to spend a lot of money to really take care of yourself mentally you can do that on a budget so that's something that i think people don't realize you don't have to go out partying uh, every single day to really take care of yourself or meet people in the social setting so i did that and uh, sleep properly like take care of your physical health also because i think if you're not doing well physically that also affects your mental health 100% and apart from that if you feel like it's still not working and you feel there's a deeper issue at play like don't be afraid to take for ask for professional help it'll take a couple of sessions but it'll really bring to like light and it'll really bring to surface what's really wrong um on a very deeper level and then you can very actively work on it right so nothing better than that thanks for being so vocal about it because when it comes to mental health people are generally you know hiding stuff because they don't want to show their real self or you know hide right. something but you know thank you for sharing it and being so vocal about it yeah this okay. helps a lot of people yeah come on go on so uh, shreya now, now to you know just switch gears a bit and move to things that you like right um wanted to understand how content happened like was it during bain or was it that hobby that you picked during bain because i remember akanksha also in some sense was saying akanksha munga the travel right, right? she said 
people had been appreciated and encouraged her travel work right so in some sense that is where things started scaling up so how has it been for you like when did content happen so uh i never thought i'd be a content creator very very honestly like it was an accident and nothing more than that uh to give you some context i was the kid even in college who was always behind the camera like i was never somebody who was like oh i want to be in front of the camera and like i was never somebody who was like in the theater club or like street society or anything street play society or anything like that because i hated the camera very honestly like i loved being behind it which is why like photography was one of those hobbies that i picked up uh back in college and i really enjoyed it but that was the extent of it like i never really honestly thought that content creation was possible for me and i didn't even think it was viable for somebody like me who's camera conscious in general i i didn't think it was the right career path for somebody who is not very comfortable in front of the camera like that makes sense right uh, so even when i was at bain i i never thought that one of the exit options is going to be content creation ever the only reason why i left bain was not because like i got a fancier job or anything like that or i got like an mba uh, acceptance it was just that after two years in that line i just realized that whatever things i think are my strength aren't being honed in this environment uh like i felt like i wanted a space where creativity was given a lot more space to sort of breathe when you're working with a consulting firm for things to function smoothly right there has to be templates that you need to follow there have to be like templatization of the process in general uh which i think i really enjoyed for the first two years because it really made me very disciplined as an individual but i started missing that creative aspect of myself and i felt that most of my ideas couldn't function because they didn't fit in like a template which is when i realized that i probably want to do something of my own for a couple of months now right and also because my dad has his own business i always knew from very early on that what are the advantages of having your own business also right like you are your own boss in the very real sense of the term so uh because i had that push from my father and i'd seen him do it for like 25 30 years now that's i think that's where i realized that if i don't take the risk now of like leaving the job and trying to do something of my own i probably never will be able to do that because at the time as i was only 22 23 and i realized that there is no major financial burden on me right like the only financial burden on me is me and i can very easily control that and my consulting uh, salary was good enough that i was able to save up a lot of it so i knew that even if i'm out of work for the next 6 months i can sustain myself because i'll be moving back home i won't have to pay rent i'll be cutting down on a lot of expenses that i'm currently incurring in gurgaon so that with the fact that 2020 when i left my job was also when covid like started so it was not really like i could travel or explore the world or anything like that because that was just out of question so uh i i at the time i felt that even if i'm not making money i'll be able to sustain myself for the next like couple of months because i had that emergency fund ready uh that being said i think that gave me a lot of courage to start out experimenting in general like uh when i left my job i remember the very next day it was like my friend's wedding and from there i got the idea that oh why not become like a wedding photographer because photography was something i really enjoyed so i said i thought that oh why not you know like if i'm just experimenting with things at this moment i should probably like write down a list of things that i'm passionate about which i think are my passion and then like kick, 
them off one by one so i wrote photography on it i remember i i wrote a uh, strategy on it i remember because consulting i i really enjoyed the strategy aspect of things i i know i know that i really enjoyed working with startups because i had one of my own and, and i'd worked with you know businesses all throughout my tenure at bain so i wrote those things down on a piece of paper and i decided to like check them off one by one and really figure out what my passion was uh, because i think as human beings it's not just one thing that you're passionate about it's usually like a culmination of a lot of things right i think it's an amalgamation of different abilities that you have different talents that you have that become your passion so sort of start off at start off with photography um, even though i really enjoy the process of it so i decided to help out a wedding photographer in their pursuit and i said that i'll just shadow you for like one wedding and i very quickly realized it was not my passion because uh, wedding photography is actually a lot of work um, is what i realized and uh, what happens in the wedding is just like probably 20% of the process most of it happens after the wedding like the post editing and the entire process right so i very quickly realized after that wedding that probably wedding photography is not something i want to do um so yeah like so, so yeah like trial and error really helped me become a content creator very honestly so i checked that out and then i started working as a strategist for like individual people in startups so of course my first client that i worked with was not that big it was just like friends and family circle like one of my friends was starting out a little venture of her own so i helped her with the strategy of aspect of it and just to build up a portfolio that oh like and i can actually individually work with startups and like new entrepreneurs and stuff like that and that's when i started leveraging my network again at cbs and bain and i started reaching out to founders saying that oh like i have i have this background and i would love to get on a call with you to figure out okay if i can help you in the process of starting out your own business and stuff like that and a lot of them said yes i think a mistake that a lot of people especially freelancers make is that they try sending out like hundreds of cold emails and the conversion rates really abysmal there i think what they should do instead is just leverage their network uh, in terms of their school their college or like their ex employer or whatever and start there i think the the probability that you will convert a client is much much higher because you sort of have that shared connect that being said that's where i started getting a lot of my work from and also getting on one of those calls really opened up the idea that why am i not reaching out to international clients also and i think that's when i started reaching out for international clients converted one of them that really gave a push to like the money that i was making as a freelancer because when it's an international client you can really charge a lot more than in comparison to an to an indian client so i think that's when it hit me within 3 4 months of being a freelancer that i can actually make a living doing this like and i can actually make more money as a freelancer rather than you know uh, working in a consulting firm which is saying a lot because consultancy does pay you a lot of money so that being said uh, i started freelancing and i was working at this point it just so happened because of my background in finance because at cbs i majored in finance and my background in bain that a lot of fintech brands started like coming around if that makes sense like i worked with one fintech brand and they sort of i think recommended me to another and 
it just so happened by accident that i was working with more fintech brands rather than any other industry it was never the plan i was open to working with literally every niche that came around i was not very picky that way i actually enjoyed working with like different industries at the same time because i felt like it kept you creative uh one of those fintech brands at the time approached me saying that you're already helping us out with the content strategy aspect of it why don't you become like the face of our youtube channel because we're growing our english youtube channel um to that i immediately said no because like that was my immediate response i said no like i didn't even give it a second thought i was like no i can't i can't do that and they said that okay we'll pay you like x amount of money per video which was good money or uh, very honestly like considering we only had to put out about an hour of content and all you need to do is record from your iphone at home like they made it the process so simple and very lucrative but i still said no which should tell you that how like camera conscious i really was that money was not the driving factor anymore it was just the fear honestly but i thought about it i discussed it like with my uh, family and like everybody was like why don't you give it a shot like it's not even about money at this point it's just that you'll always be stuck in that fear if you don't really try it out right like give it a try if you don't like it like do one video if you don't like it you can always say no right but by the time they're already founder placement very honestly which i don't blame them for obviously they're running a business so they won't really wait around for me to like make up my mind um but that's when i realized that okay you know video content's really popping and because i was in this niche i realized that people are consuming more video content rather than any other format so that's when i decided to do something of my own but if you go to my own my own content page like on instagram you will see that certain posts that i put out at the very beginning which was april of 2021 which was when i put out like my first piece of content first april i was like oh new financial year i'll start everything today like very auspicious and everything so anyway the first post that i put out was actually not a video because i was not comfortable again i put up a post and that's what i do, kept doing for a couple of weeks and what happened was one of those posts sort of went viral not organically but what happened was a lot of people in the niche shared that piece of content with their audience because they really liked it i that's why i started deriving a lot of traffic all of a sudden to my page and i was like oh like all of a sudden you get that dopamine rush that oh my god where are all of these followers coming from right so uh i think that's what pushed me to do more very honestly like one of my static posts performing really well because prior to that i don't think i really thought about making a video content but i realized that if i want more traffic i should probably shift to you know video format because that's what instagram was pushing at the time it still is so um, that's when i decided to make that shift and i made like 5 second reels that was about it like all i did was uh, probably like just my face for like 2 seconds and then like again a static post that's i converted that into a video format uh, of course it didn't perform very well but it performed better than my static posts very honestly to which i was really surprised but I think the real true turning point came when I put out like a meme reel. Like, okay, I'll tell you what the reel was about. It was about the fact that as a shareholder of ITC, I gravitated towards buying Yippee at a grocery store rather than Maggi, which is very funny because Maggi, as we all know, is more popular, right? Like in general, like it's so popular as a brand that it has surpassed the the item itself. Like we call it Maggi, not like instant noodles, right? Like it's it's become that popular a name. so it was just really funny to me because i because as a itc shareholder myself i was like oh like no matter what i want to contribute to the profits of that company so that the share price moves a little bit because it's been static for so long 
and i think a lot of people resonated with that and even with an audience of about 3000 4000 at the time that really got like 1 million views so that uh, gave me a lot of new followers overnight very honestly and that's what really pushed me to make more content and make more video form content because i realized the power of it very early on then very quickly i think the second or the third reel that i put out after this one got like 6 million views and that video you won't even believe i'm not even in that video it's just me showing my crypto portfolio to my dad and that reel got like 7 million views i was like what is even happening uh i just showed my crypto portfolio to my dad and because he's a ca and you know he understands the markets a little bit all he said verbatim was that market jab uthe na to bech dena like i think just people were expecting a different response people were expecting him to be a little angry i don't know i don't know i think i have no idea why that reel went viral even the audio uh, like even the audio isn't that great on that reel but it still got like 7 million views so i think all of that was really the tipping point of me trying to make more video form content very honestly i think that's where it stemmed from um so yeah ever since then i haven't really looked back i've really tried to experiment with a lot of formats 100% like when i started out i was doing more voice over videos like me just in the background and then doing voice over videos because i was not comfortable speaking in front of the camera but then through and through through experimentation with time through practice i got more comfortable i started playing like different characters and uh, yeah like now i'm pretty comfortable in front of the camera but it didn't turn out like it didn't start out that way for sure so uh, you know uh, i my next question was for you know how did you blow up or how what are the uh, you know uh, strategies which you used to blow up but i'll take that a little later what okay. i wanted to ask you was you know uh, if you want to get into content creation so i have been doing content creation maybe since like now 9 uh, 10 months now oh. and i put uh, even i was really camera conscious so firstly i used to put those carousel posts slider posts yeah, kind of same. Things, which you know and yeah. and have a grid which looks like decent enough so that people like the page and yeah. then suddenly i said that let's give it a try and you know once you start building and once you start coming on camera and start putting then it just becomes you know like a pilot mode for your autopilot that you know you, now it's just a flow and now i you know kind of started started getting my wife also there so now even she is you know not <laughs> camera conscious at all family business so, so yeah so totally. <laughs> nice but uh, too small but the real question behind it is you know your one to reels just blew up and then you know you just yeah. never looked back but given like a strategies because you have been in the strategy role you have consulted Correct. what has been your strategy behind growing your audience in terms of creating content or providing value to them or having brands behind you what has mm. been your you know uh, i would say sop to mm. grow on various social media platforms i think number one is providing value 100% no matter what just something that people take out of that 60 second video is very very important and usually just one thing because if you confuse people with more than one thing in a 60 second video there isn't enough attention span so to figure out that how do you distill the information enough that you can put it out in a way that it people can understand with within 60 seconds is p1 like that's priority one it doesn't have to be educational all the time you know it can be funny it can be some it can be just relatable content not every reel that i put out initially at least was like about insurance about income tax i wasn't comfortable talking about those things in 60 seconds so i never put out that content the content that i put out 
initially it was very like relatable content as somebody who's starting out their investment journey what are the mistakes you make and stuff like that or probably like my top 3 mistakes that i have made as an investor uh, in the past couple of years i think those were the things that people related with more than anything else so even if you feel like you don't have enough information to talk about something at least try to talk about something that you feel will give value to people if not information wise at least make them laugh like either of those two things you should be able to achieve uh so that's priority one always giving value like keeping your content audience centric is very very important i feel that's number one and number two which i give a lot of value to is being true to who you are in terms of like having your own unique voice because when you work as a social media content creator it's so easy to get lost in the pool of the algorithm right okay what is the algorithm pushing this week or what what are the audio trends that are going around this week but if you can like say no to that say no that okay i'm not going to do what everybody else is doing but rather have my own unique voice in that entire pool i think i feel that that really makes you stand out as a content creator not succumbing to the fact that okay what is the algorithm pushing but rather what do i think is best for my audience and how can i put it across in a way that it's very very unique to who i am so probably developing characters probably developing a script which is very unique to you probably developing a storyline which is very unique to you is very very important in my opinion because otherwise it's so easy to just probably show up on somebody's feed but not be like you there's no recall value there right like i'm sure that in a day when you're scrolling through instagram you come across so many reels but you don't even remember the username of the person who put it out because that's the kind of uh, attention span we have these days we see a lot of reels but we don't even remember the name of the page that put it out we probably see like five reels put out from that page but there is no recall value there's no brand value there so it's very important to have your own unique name when it comes to content creation and the only way i think you can do that especially in a reel format is that developing a very unique voice character storyline or something that just stands out about you and then doubling down on that i think if you do these two things right it's very easy to have the audience keep coming back for your content if you're deriving value why won't the audience come back right absolutely so three follow ups here one is uh, you know how important it, it is to collaborate with other people you know to right. kind of create quality content uh number 2 is nowadays i have seen so you mentioned about the audio re- audio which is trending and stuff like that people using that you know so it blows up and stuff like that so is it actually because a lot of people use that and it blows up like for me also i used an audio content hmm. which was hmm. trending and it blew up but it was not a quality content to be honest right but yeah. it just blew up because people just find that funny you said right it it, it just makes right. them laugh and third one is how do you drive content ideas Uh, you know when you, when you are putting up content over all the platforms so three questions i can you know you can take it up one by one yeah. or i'll repeat once yeah so. awesome so i'll start with the first one which is around collaboration while i think collaboration is important i think one should try to collaborate from people which are not from the same niche also i think that should be given a lot more importance because uh i think that's when the audience is able to see like to worlds collide so for example all my collab- collaborations have tried to come up with a collaboration idea which is just not oh like a finance influencer with another finance influencer talking about like a finance piece uh, of content because you can do that on your own also so what new is that collaboration bringing to the table so my approach to collaboration has been that i would want to get an expert on board who's not from the finance niche and then try to see that okay 
how is finance also impacting all the other lives uh, all the other spheres of your life right so i collaborated collaborated with actually a therapist um, i i don't know if you know her uh, awkward goat who's like a instagram therapist uh, so her name is devija she's like she has like degree uh, in psychology so she's like a proper psychologist and she talks about mental health a lot on the platform and i collaborated with her to talk about how uh, like we've done a couple of reels together at this point like one on her page one on mine but we've talked about retail therapy as a concept right like it it covers both mental health aspect of things and also the fact that it's not probably the most financially wise decision so how do you deal with that so i think collaboration for me at this point is more about what is it that i can bring for the audience which i'm not able to bring about alone as an individual because i have no idea about mental health right like i'm by no means an expert but i do know a little bit about finance so i think colliding those two spaces really help the audience because retail therapy is something that we all do sometimes we connect with we resonate with that idea but we probably don't know how to keep that under control or some of us don't even realize that's a problem until it's too late right until we have those mounting credit card debts to pay so i think talking about that issue really help the audience in some way and it was it was amazing to see comments like oh like i didn't i i do this but i didn't know that this is what it was called or i didn't know that i had to address it somehow so you know like when those comments come about you feel like you're doing much more than just like collaborating for the sake of it i think that for me has become a priority if not like something very heavy like mental health you want to talk about talk about something funny so i've collaborated with a lot a lot of comedians on the platform very honestly just to bring about that angle which i think i probably alone would not be able to bring about their character that they play for their audience probably is a better way to bring that uh, point across so there's a person on instagram i think she's very very funny her name is satya shah and she creates like funny reels on instagram so i collaborated with her and we did like uh, A, a video on how like when you go out to a restaurant how do they frame certain things that they want you to spend more money on so she played a certain character which was very funny to her audience and i brought about that angle that of like psychology of money and how people trick you to spend more money so yeah the people really resonated with that idea and like the comment that you get the most out of these collaborations is this is the collab that i didn't know i'd need but i really wanted you know so uh, so but i think collaboration has to be seen more from the lens of okay how can i bring about a point which i alone might not be able to drive home how can i collaborate uh, with some, somebody on the platform so say for example if you want to talk about medical insurance probably collaborate with an instagram doctor also there's so many of them now and it's amazing that you can collaborate with like actual doctors on things like medical insurance and you know add ons in health insurance and stuff like that so figure that out first rather than thinking that okay this creator has xyz followers if i collaborate with them i also get xyz followers because i don't think that's the right approach to collaboration um very honestly because i don't think the audience will derive a lot of value out of it 100% also you don't get a lot of followers out of collaborations i think it's a very big myth that if i'm putting out a collab reel i'll get like i don't know how many followers overnight very honestly you will probably get a couple of new eyeballs to who see your content and they might get converted but i don't think that's the right approach to looking at a collaboration very honestly because uh, if you don't put out quality content every single day even if they come in the first go they'll not really convert as a loyal audience any which way so i think that has to be taken into consideration uh, for a collaboration and also focus a lot more on your 
content if your content is good enough you will get traffic i don't think collaboration is the only way to you know get new audience on the platform if nobody is collaborating with you especially if you're a newer creator you'll face that problem that okay bigger creators don't want to collaborate with you because of the metrics the qualitative metrics it's absolutely fine that's not the only way to grow on the platform while you can try to do that try to collaborate with more people outside of the niche number one and please know that collaboration is not the only way that you'll grow your audience there are literally multiple other ways now coming to your second question which was around uh, like trending audio trending yeah, audio trending audio right um it'll get you eyeballs number one i agree but i don't feel like that'll be audience that'll get converted you will get eyeballs you will get views but i don't think that is going to translate into like followers or people who buy from you at the end of the day or not even buy from you like people who become like loyal audience who come back to your content every single day it'll be lost in a pool of like funny content that they see every day uh so if also i feel that content needs to be approached from like a lens of i don't have to put out a certain type of content every single day i think that's what people don't recognize that content doesn't have to be educational all the time it can also be entertaining it can also be very personal so i make sure that i post at least one carousel in a month which talks about me and like my struggles and not to be narcissistic or anyway but like talk about struggles that i'm facing as a content creator struggles that i'm facing as somebody who is on camera all the time somebody who uh, you know because i think that makes the audience it makes the audience feel like you're also human at the end of the day and you're not just a machine who's putting out reels every single day so your how i figure out my content strategy is that in a week if i'm putting out like five pieces of content three pieces of content have to be purely educational that's something that people derive value out of one piece of content can be just entertaining it can be entertaining if you feel like you need to drive traffic you can do that through that one piece of content where you probably follow a trend and it gets you new eyeballs but the only way those eyeballs will eyeballs will get converted into real audiences when they see that okay they're actually getting value out of your content so one piece of content can just be for traffic and just be for that virality factor and then last piece of content can just be personal that once a week you sit down with your audience it can be an igtv live it can be a reel it can be like just a post where you pen down your like your thoughts talking about you like say for example if you're a finance creator you can talk about three mistakes i made when i was starting out as a beginner so that makes the audience feel like oh like if this person can do it then i can also probably do it down the line right so when you approach your content in a way that it can be diversified it can doesn't always have to be that oh like i need to drive a point home every single time it can also be funny and it it can also be light hearted i think it'll definitely get you the eyeballs also i feel that it's a very big misconception that only audio trend goes viral that's not true at all if i've never used audio trend ever in my life very honestly uh, i'm actually really bad at like saving audio and then using it later i just i that mechanism i don't think i've still figured out very honestly uh, probably why i haven't tried that trick uh, yet but still a lot of my reels have went have gone viral over the past 18 months and the only way that happened was when i look back and i analyze why that happened is because i felt like that reel helped out people more than any other reel that i've put out so the last reel that went out viral for me was no audio trend nothing trending it was me talking about how do you close your credit card without affecting your credit score which is something that people 
you have to be very cautious as to what is the audience asking you so every time i put out a content around credit cards people will be like okay what if i want to cancel my credit card what if i want to uh, you know just i i don't use a credit card or i have enough credit cards i want to close this one but i know that no know it for a fact that it will affect my credit score then how do i go about those things so when you actually really pay attention to what the audience asks out of you that piece of content really goes viral so um when i put out a solution to that like that got like 2 million views in like span of like 5 6 days so what i'm trying to say here is that even though audio trends can get you new eyeballs if you put out consistently good content valuable content that the audience wants to see and it's a question that audience has been asking you time again and if you're able to provide a solution to that the probability that that piece of content will go viral is very very high and i'm sorry what was the third question again the last one was how do you generate content ideas or one i think you've mentioned about the comments people asking you right like yes. i want to know about this and yes. other than that if there's any yeah so uh, i think when you start out there are like multiple ideas you have in your head i had like right. an excel sheet prepared okay i have like 100 <laughs> ideas already that i want to about investing i want to about insurance tax and credit cards and loans and stuff like that mm-hmm. but when you're in that content creation game long enough you know that you run out of ideas it's it, right. it's bound to happen no matter what the niche is um so rather than you know sort of dropping your value that you put out because you don't have new ideas anymore what mm-hmm. i would suggest you do is number one go through all your dms and comments of every single reel that you mm-hmm. put out every time i've put out a content around education loan i've been asked okay how do i get a loan without a collateral at least 10 15 times via dms or comments so i know it mm-hmm. for a fact that that's something that audience is interested in and okay. i did create a piece of content around that uh when i put out a reel around okay loan against ppf a lot of people were like okay i don't have a ppf but i do have an epf can i get a loan against that i created yeah. a reel on that so a lot of your ideas really stem from your audience just make sure that there is a way that they can communicate it to you and be active in like your comment section so i reply to every single comment that i get even to this date even if i get like 200 comments you'll see that by the end of the day it's 400 comments because i make sure that i reply mm-hmm. to each and every comment even if it's a hate oh, comment yeah. even if it's a troll comment mm-hmm. i'll reply to, i'll reply back to them just have fun with it or like uh you know like try to make them make them like you or something like that like mm-hmm. whatever like i make sure that i reply to comments because number one that makes the audience feel like they're being heard number two it, it's the least you can do right like that's that's i've never commented on a reel in my life never and i feel if somebody's taking out the time to really comment on your reel that mean that means that they really appreciate the that content mm-hmm. that you put out right so the least you can do is say thanks in return like be grateful for that so i reply to every comment and i make sure that i sit down i so i have not outsourced that part like i know a lot of people outsource that part of mm-hmm. like social media management in general i have done right. it for brands but i think if you really want to grow as a content creator it's very important to connect with the audience one on one and really see what are the issues that they are facing currently because otherwise you'll really be detached to what's really happening on the ground so read the comments figure out what is it that people are asking are these legitimate questions do you can you figure out a solution to that and can you deliver it within like 60 seconds reply to dms if you don't have a reply research for that answer you will obviously not have a reply for every single question that they ask but if you think enough people have that question figure out a way to find a solution to that problem and people will appreciate it i remember there was a time when uh, somebody asked me this question <clears throat> and 
I made a reel on that like two weeks later because I have like some content pre-planned, right? So I made a reel on that two weeks later and that person came back to me saying that I can't believe you made a reel on the question that I'd asked. I feel like I, like really thankful and all that. Yeah. I didn't even, you know, so people keep coming back to your content. That's something that we don't realize that these are actual human beings with actual problems who yeah. want it to be solved. They're not just leaving a comment for the sake of it, right? uh there's something that drives that comment so once you understand the sentiment behind it and you can actually solve for it people will come back and they will see you in a different light as a content creator they'll see you as a content creator who replies back they'll see you as a content creator who uh listens you know just at the end of the day because when you receive achieve a certain number of followers i think you just people just get very disconnected with their audience is what i i have observed so that's number one and i don't think there's anything better than that because your audience is your biggest idea generator in general uh number two is like reading up about your niche a little bit more uh like make sure that i can only talk about the financings because that's the one that i have experience in but like talk like reading newspapers on the regular right like and good publications on the regular like new york or and uh at and mint and all of those they give you a lot of ideas about okay what is like at least they give a lot of ideas around okay what's happening around the globe if there's a recession coming okay you would at least get data sets around that and then you can probably tell people how did you deal with a recession how do you tackle your investments in a recession right so i think reading is a very very important part of becoming a content creator because just because you're you're a content creator doesn't mean you know everything and there's no way of knowing everything because i think every niche is like ever expanding it's ever evolving so it's very 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 important to keep up with those trends that's also very important and number 3 is watching content uh, outside of your niche because that gives you a lot of ideas to how do you present that content idea even though i really appreciate all the content creators in the niche i prefer watching content which is not from finance because i feel like number one if you watch somebody else's content uh, it's very easy to get uh, i feel like influenced by it and then you pick up parts of it and you put it in your reel so that originality sort of goes away so i really like consuming content which is not from the finance niche so i get my information of like topics and everything from the audience from the dms from like what i'm reading from the research that i'm doing and research i think i'm very grateful that because i was in bain earlier research is something that now comes like very naturally to me because research is literally 90% of the work you do in consulting anyway so I, that's where i derive like most of my ideas from but how i present it is uh like all the character development that i do or all the storylines that i build is actually because i watch a lot of content which is outside of the finance niche be it like good shows movies or other content creators i really look up to so one of the characters that i play is like this south delhi auntie who's like really bougie and it was not an original idea it was it it's an it's an idea that is influenced very heavily from kusha kapila who plays uh, like south delhi auntie in a lot of youtube reels so i pick up parts of that and i always give credits to her and actually in one of the reels she actually replied back saying that oh like i really love this character and the way you play it so that was like an additional layer of validation for sure but yeah like all i'm saying is that that character was very very heavily influenced by that character uh, that she played on youtube so i feel that when you consume content outside of your own niche it gives you just so many ideas of how you can tell that story that i think there's nothing more powerful than just that so yeah like i think if you do all of these things right the probability that people will come back for your content again again is very high i i think here with the amount of 
uh, ideas and the amount of experience you shared today i think you will need to sit with the i'll i'll need to sit with the paper and pen and jot down <laughs> everything that you know. but yeah thank you so much I, i think i have a one last question and then we have like a rapid fire question so sure. much can take my thing is like now we are creating content on instagram a lot and it's youtube now linkedin is growing as well a lot right a lot of people are trying oh, to yes. build an audience on linkedin right so right. if i if you want to compare these platforms i personally like linkedin a lot because i find little more quality content and creators plus the audience out there which is like more right. polished uh, so what's your favorite platform to post content at this moment um uh I really, really like Instagram and LinkedIn both, and these are the platforms that where I'm creating content. Very honestly, um, I don't try to overburden myself with just the idea that oh, I have to create content for the sake of it. So from like a very long time ago, everybody's been like, why don't you come on Twitter also, and you know, you start creating content there also. But I think that because I personally don't enjoy that platform a lot, I don't think I'll be able to do justice to the audience there. so i don't try to burden myself considering right now in my team it's just me like there's literally nobody else helping me out so if i do have a team in the future of course i'll try to you know probably get somebody on board who can help me with like twitter management and stuff like that but currently because it's just me and i feel like i should create content that actually makes me happy because in content creation the problem is the numbers will vary every single day you will go viral uh, like one day and the next day you will not grow for like 3 months i've experienced both ends of the spectrum i've experienced one spectrum where i got like 100k followers in the span of 10 days and then i've experienced uh, one end of the spectrum where around january of 2022 i didn't gain any new followers for like two months straight so like january february i was stuck at like 110 or something i was stuck on that number for like two months i've seen brands say no to you because of that i've seen brands becoming over like over excess of brands coming to you if you're really growing so i've seen everything now in the past 18 months so i think that the only way that you'll remain sane when you become a content creator is that you in really enjoy putting out content there is literally no other way to it if you're only making content because you feel like oh isse paise aa jayenge i'll be able to monetize it the minute the brands go away is when you lose all your motivation to create content which i think is the worst thing that you can do to yourself and your mental health as a content creator so it's very important to number one derive not not your value as a content creator not from the numbers numbers are great but if you believe in a content piece and even if it's not performing well it's fine there are a lot of content pieces that i believe were amazing excellent like i think that was the best piece of content i ever created did not perform well like probably got below average views but i'm still proud of that piece of content like and if somebody asks me share your favorite reel i'll probably share that reel like even if it didn't get a lot of eyeballs i feel like it's very very important at the end of the day that you really enjoy what you do as a content creator because if you don't it's so easy to get lost in that space of own oh, numbers or like mere followers nahi badh rahe ab me me negative growth ho rahi hai you will go through all of that so uh, yeah just never derive your value as a content creator from the qualitative metrics alone yes of course that's a good thing to have and you should you know look up to that and you should want to uh, get good numbers and good views but i don't think that should be the only criteria like you shouldn't be put out a piece of content just because you think you'll get a lot of eyeballs the I think the underlying principle should be the fact that people will actually derive value out of it. It should not be that oh, it's get viral or jaga. Like I don't think that's a very good way to look at a content piece on any platform. 
that being said uh coming back to your question i think i digressed a lot from your question but uh, the content pieces that i put out my philosophy basically is that on instagram it's it's um cater to an audience which wants to look at more finance heavy content on linkedin that content hasn't performed well for me just talk about finances or like insurance or income tax but what has really performed well for me on linkedin is talking about like my consulting experience freelancing experience my experience as a content creator because i think i've just worn so many hats over the past 3 years that i can talk about diverse experiences very with with ease because i've done all of those things so when i talk about those things the audience performs really really positively so just from a very data centric approach i feel that when i put out content which is very finance heavy performs really well on instagram but when i put out my experience in a reel as a freelancer doesn't perform that well so just from a data perspective i put out more freelancing consulting heavy content on linkedin and in a long form content and on instagram it's more finance centric that okay credit cards loans uh income tax tax in general uh because it's tax on everything and then uh you know literally everything under the umbrella which you can talk about when it comes to finance that's what i talk about on instagram and i experimented every, with everything so i think that's key but you need to see that okay how is the audience performing because at the end of the day you're also creating content which needs to help out the audience if i feel that okay people aren't really enjoying freelancing content on instagram i'll stop doing that and i'll put out you know uh, finance heavy content there and because on linkedin that audience has like responded really well to freelancing stories and consulting uh experiences i put out more content which is around those niches there so just from a data perspective that's been like my approach and i just really enjoy uh like writing content of, of my own like long form content which is why i really enjoy linkedin also also i think the kind of audience that you have on both these platforms is very very different uh actually on linkedin it has helped me get a lot of uh, business for my uh, freelancing uh, like what i do as a freelancer so when i talk about oh my experience as a freelancer a lot of startup founders are like oh what do you freelance in can you help us with this or xyz so i get a lot of business out of linkedin that way and yeah instagram for me that way is very different so the 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 end goal from linkedin for me has become very different from what the end goal on instagram is for linkedin my end goal is to get more clients for my freelancing business and on instagram it's just growing that audience and you know developing that finance community so yeah probably having more defined end goals from what you want to derive out of those platforms i think would really help you figure out okay what is the content strategy i need to have on the platform because if you're want to get more clients for your freelancer business you should probably not talk about oh yeah insurance yeah. add on lelo it yeah. does make sense yeah 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 fair enough i, I think it's uh, maybe linkedin you will find like a more intellectual kind of people where you get more clients because it's like more like a business profile which you have and on instagram it's more like a generic profile where you know you brands you may be getting brand deals or getting to grow your followers so agreed i i think that makes sense yeah i think there is very like very very smart people also on instagram i think that's again like a very yeah. personally i think that that's a myth that or oh, like the intellectuals are on linkedin because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not true you will find everybody like people from all walks of life on every platform okay. but i think what where linkedin is different from instagram is that you will find people who um, are more like business minded like they want to start mm-hmm. something of their own uh, in that niche or they probably want to get like job centric you know that's the approach Understood. because that's what the platform is about right. and also like a lot of startup founders so if you want to connect with like startup founders for say for example your podcast then probably mm-hmm. creating content on linkedin makes a lot more sense yes but yes. 
yes when it comes to creating content for the masses definitely instagram i think instagram. is better instagram yeah agreed better agreed. platform yeah so shaya just moving to the last segment of uh, you know the conversation and this is a question that we ask all our panelists right so there are just okay. questions and it's more of a rapid fire thing so whatever comes to your mind first right so a first um, what is financial independence financial freedom according to you and second any books blogs podcasts recommendations that you know helped you upskill yourself that's it um the financial independence to me is that you can take care of yourself comfortably uh, and like whatever you want to do you're able to do right like so i personally really enjoy traveling but i think i became financially independent in the sense that even if i'm going out even if it's an international trip i no longer have to ask my parents to fund it so in that sense i feel that i've become financially independent uh i don't think you really need to stop working to become financially independent that oh like i take an early retirement and all of that especially when you enjoy what you do you wouldn't want to retire from like you wouldn't want to uh like just stop doing what you do right because otherwise what do you derive your value out of so i think uh financial independence to me right now and i think this definition will keep on evolving right financial independence to me back when i was like probably like 18 was very different was probably just getting like 5000 rupees as pocket money was financial independence ki oh like i can you know chill at probably the best places around delhi university but to me now it's just that whatever passions or hobbies that i want to pursue outside of work i'm able to sort of fund that on my own and then also like just that like very honestly and also probably give back to like people who've been around right like say for example i have a younger sibling and uh, like i really like being somebody who can fund his you know hobbies and passions also not that my parents won't do it but it's just that i want to give back to you know him i want to give back to like a support system i've had forever like he's been like my biggest cheerleader ever so i want to give back to him again to your parents to your family to your friends in general i think right now that's my definition of financial independence in a very qualitative form i know there are like formulas you can use to figure out okay what's that magic number for you fire number and all of that i'll not go into that because i feel that that number is different for everybody but this is what it stands for for me right now as there's somebody who's in their mid 20s not telling my exact age <laughs> but yeah i think that's what the definition is for me right now when it comes to financial independence and i'm sorry what was the second part of the question so the second part was any books blogs podcasts books and blogs. that you know helped you upskill yourself or you know on those lines right so uh, just from a finance perspective if you're uh, talking about i would definitely recommend books like uh, psychology of money i would recommend this book called unusual billionaires by saurabh mukherjee because that really helps you figure out how do you like find fundamentally strong stocks so these two three books i would really recommend if just blatantly from a financial perspective but overall if you talk about books that really help me upskill in general i would uh, want to recommend this book called finding your element by ken robinson it was definitely the book that i was reading when i was transitioning from like my full time job to freelancing and that book gave me a lot of perspective because it talks a lot about oh how, how do you find your passion like so finding your element is your element in the book how it's defined is like your passion something that you feel that is something that you're meant to do right so that book really 
breaks down the process of how do you find your passion so that's a book that i would recommend to everybody at least like once in your life read that book because i think we all complain about oh like i want to do something but i don't know what i'm passionate about so there are resources out there like you can sort of i think uh, that was it i i think we could have had a, lo- a longer conversation but just being mindful of your time shreya uh, don't want to you know no, take sure. a lot of time maybe we can have a second podcast round sometime later and Definitely. maybe try being there in delhi gurgaon so that we can do like physically that would have <laughs> that would be awesome that would be more fun yeah but if i'm traveling so to mumbai sure. or kolkata I'll, i'll hit you guys up and probably we can record it then absolutely 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 one of us has to travel so we yeah. will figure it out <laughs> awesome <laughs> awesome yeah thank thank you so much for your time